We've all heard the news. Disney will buy Fox and bring the entire Marvel family together. Comcast says not so fast and is trying to crush our dreams of a unified Marvel world. E3 is wrapped and we have all the biggest winners. Ben Affleck out as Batman, Chris Pine back in Wonder Woman, and let's not even mention Professor X in a barroom brawl with Superman. The world is upside down and we'll help put it back on straight right now on the Geek Underground. Reviewing primary directives. Get plugged in. Are a sad, strange little man. Throw the freaking hump, imposter! What's that? Even listen to yourself when you talk. I drift in and out. Hey, cuckoo birds, do you mind? This is important. If you'll all excuse me, I have a man to beat in pool while wearing shorts. Mask question: Do you hate this? Do you hate doing this? Do you? Are you like a crazy person? Why can't you see that for the compliment that it is? Wow, this is garbage. Thank you so much for joining us on the Geek Underground episode number 13. This is Dadpool, a.k.a. Sean. And Livy the Trash Panda. Yes, you are the yes. Trash Panda. I, I don't know. I'm still am. I'm still unsure about using these names. Is it something Sean, that... you say this every single I week. Just leave it now. Do, so do I, I, do I even say that my name is Sean anymore? Or yes. is, it, is it just legitimately, I am Dadpool and that's it? You are Sean, also AKA. known as Dadpool. But and I'm Livy, the Trash Panda. Now, when you look at radio DJs, they, they they leave their real name at home. There, there was one local to us. His name was No Name, and he would just be, "Hey, this is No Name. Welcome to the show. Glad you guys could join us tonight for some rock and music." And that that was his thing. Who? His name was No Name. He was in the Bay Area in California. Oh, I see. And he was a radio DJ, and that that was his. I thought thing. you meant at like the radio station we worked. Oh at. no 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 no! I'm not talking about. I was like college. Yeah, we, we had a DJ that Boo. was kind of interning, called himself college because he was in college, and that was apparently really cool to him. <laughs> Not to knock him at all, but no, no. So, so do do we do we take it to that point where now our identity is tied in our name, and I am forever Dadpool. You are forever Dadpool, and nothing else. No, I mean apart from your handle on like online. Okay, I can be something else there. Because you can be flea and Tasmanian flea because that was your thing online. Okay, so like I'm, mine's I'm, technical. All right, sugar. well I am now locked in forever as yeah, Dapple the Tasmanian flea. Now, now you you got me thinking about crossovers here earlier last week. Yeah, we did talk about Lockjaw. How in uh, I'm not sure what I can't remember what issue it was in now of Lockjaw. It might have been issue one. Where he is jumping, you know, he's a teleporting. That's one of his powers. He's the big, massive pooch that is the friend of Black Bolt, who is the leader of the Inhumans. If you don't know who Lockjaw is, a big dog. Big dog that teleports. There you go. And he's bouncing through dimensions, and he runs into... Now, they don't say it in the comic book, because it's a Marvel comic. But he essentially runs into Wonder Woman and Superman in the comic. So what you, are Wonder Woman and Superman doing at the time? I don't know. Should they be seen together? I mean, is that okay? They weren't fighting anything. They were just chilling, which is... Anyways, yeah, we, we don't need to get into what's happening there on a social level. But what my point is, is if it's Wonder Woman and Superman, or is it Clark Kent and Diana... No, it's Wonder Woman and Superman. Okay. On some alternate world, and they essentially just tell him, hey, dude, you're trespassing, leave, and so he leaves. 
But now, what crossovers, if, if you could take out all of the legal problems, all of the contractual problem, problems, the red tape, the fact that some studios just don't like each other, if you could take all of that out and all of that is now gone, what crossover would you love to see? If you could take any character from any franchise and pit them or put them with to work together with any other character from any franchise, movie, TV show, what, what would you like to see? Well... I, I had a good think about this one. And my original reaction was Malcolm Reynolds. Okay, from Serenity, Firefly. Yeah. yeah. Um, versus Han Solo in the Manolian Falcon. So you'd want them duking so, it out, though? Yeah, but here's the thing. I kind of thought about that, and I was like, yeah, that'd be fun. And then I realized I haven't taken it far enough. We need an intergalactic cannibal run. Okay. <laughs> because then you could have Starbuck in a Viper, Data in the Enterprise, oh Boba goodness. Fett in Slave One. You know, just the whole lot of them having like an intergalactic cannibal run. And it would that be amazing. Would be, so every sci fi ship that you love, they think of any of them, right? The Starship, yeah. Armada, you know, the, the Battlestar, what's Galactica. the well, Battlestar Galactica? The Pegasus. Uh, and yeah. on and on and on from, from any sci fi thing that you, or video game. People love some of the video games that have come out. And you yep. could. Wow, and have just a massive race. Yeah. Now, would it be more of, have you seen those video scavenger hunts where you go somewhere and have to do something or collect something and then go somewhere else? Or is it a straight race from point A to point B? Well, because they might have to go pick these things up or see if you can go no, collect these I think they crystals need to, on I some planets. I think they need to get to one planet and maybe slap Don DeLuise because, you know, that's part of the cannibal run. Oh, and then, you know, return and he can tell how many slaps he got. So they have to find – is Dom DeLuise – isn't he dead? Yeah, but uh, I'm assuming they would CG him. Okay. And, and again, yes, a lot, of the, a lot of these characters probably would be dead or passed away from older movies. Yeah. Okay, so, so they have to find – do they know where he is or is he sitting on a well, planet somewhere? I would assume so because in the Cannibal Run, they know they need to get from point A to point B. So it would be like we're in the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. You see Stanley just camped on a planet talking to some of the Watchers. So he would just be camped on some asteroid waiting for yeah, them to show the up? Yeah, the first person to slap Dom DeLuise. So they get, what if he's wearing a space helmet? Do they need to take no, that No, he off? wouldn't be wearing a space helmet. It would just be the first person <laughs> to get there and slap him. Okay. So they don't need to do anything else. Nope. And this would be, I'm guessing, like the Kessel Run, where there's this very determined path that you're supposed to only take, and maybe you can cut corners if you are capable. No, you just got point A, so like planet Earth to um, the Gamma Quadrant, whatever planet there is out there, um, Fraxel 12 or whatever you want to but call see, it. I, I, th- I think you're, you're just giving the ships that are just the fastest ships the biggest advantage here. You need to be doing something along the way. There has to be... Oh, no, there's integ- they're like the... Inter- no, 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 because the Vogons are out there as well, and they're like holding you up for not having like the proper permits for, you know, going into hyperspace and all that kind of nonsense. But are the Vogons from Hitchhiker's Guide to yeah. the Galaxy? Okay, so they're those, those races. Yeah, that is, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Super contractual, and you have to do things by the book. Yes, exactly. Well, I just I haven't seen that movie in forever, and I've only seen it a few times. But okay, just um, well, you know, but that, that's what I was thinking is that you had to have some things that, that yeah, interfered the along supply, the they're way. They're the space cops. All right, that actually would be amazing. Imagine a movie that that had that that had things from Battlestar Galactica and Firefly <gasps> and Star Trek Ooh, and Star and Wars. Spaceballs. You can and have like spaceballs. You can have um, <laughs> Lone Star in Spaceballs his- gone plaid. Yeah, and oh, come on, come you, on can, you gotta help Yes, me. I know. But then you could have him and his Winnebago. Yes. 
That would be fantastic. It'd be amazing. You can even have some of the ships from Aliens if you want to throw some no. of the kind of sci-fi horror no. ships in there. I know you wouldn't, but no. just the ships from it. No. Michael Bean. Could, no. Come on. Bill Pullman? No. Not Bill Pullman. No. Bill Paxton? No. Okay. Bill Paxton's dead anyway. Yes, he is. We're not CGing him. Okay. No, no I aliens. I know you don't like aliens. Okay, Predator, some of the Predator ship. But any, think of any mm. sci-fi ship out there. That would be amazing. We want to keep this family friendly, so we're not going and doing any of the nasty kind horror of like, suspense eh, alien ships. No, well, no, but no. They could no, be no, having no. fun. No, because we've got like Farscape. We can do Battlestar Galactica. As well. Galactica. You've got okay. Star Wars. No, okay. You've got you know Star Trek. You've got. You've got now, enough there, Firefly. You've got loads there. That would be fantastic. To do it. That would be fantastic. Now, my crossover, it was a little a little closer to home. I think that one is actually an amazing idea. Mine, mine is not quite so amazing, but I think people have always wondered how Marvel heroes would fare against DC heroes, and, and really specifically Superman, because he is the, the end-all of the DC world. Yeah. And he's really just the, the, the ultimate video game character because he has every single superpower so if you were to bring superman into the marvel world and let's say he was a bad superman could anybody stand up to superman and put him down uh domino but because of her luck he would just miss and run into walls no, and then she'd he have trip and like laser his legs off or something <laughs> with his eyes <laughs> There's that. But then I think, okay, so Professor X, right? Instantly, he just takes control of his mind the moment he's in the world. And yep. then he just can have him again laser himself to best, death. I think the best one would maybe be like Rogue because, I mean, she just leeches the power off of But anyone. she would have to get a hand on him first. Yeah, but she's super strong and she can fly as well. Yeah, well, so could Dark Phoenix. Think of Phoenix, though, and the powers where she just manipulates yeah, matter and just wipes she's out. She's just mean. Or even Scarlet Witch, who in the comics is one of the strongest superheroes that again can just reset time and wipe out planets if she just had superman in her sights could she just vaporize him yeah even I'd with his so. kryptonian skin that's hardened by our yellow sun hey if she can destroy an infinity stone whilst holding off thanos with another I five know. infinity stones i think she can take out superman but would you actually would you actually go with would that be Bigger than Infinity War. If you had a Marvel DC movie where these characters clashed in an alternate dimension, is that something that would excite you enough to be, th this is the, the premiere, this is the movie of my lifetime? Is that how you'd feel about that, or is it just kind of, eh? No, because the Marvel lot would just kind of like stomp on the DC lot. I'd rather see the intergalactic yeah, cannonball run. Yeah, well, the intergalactic run. cannonball run, if, as long as you don't call it an intergalactic cannonball run, Why? would be fantastic. It's a great name. Uh, well, it's a used name. It makes me think old, dusty VHS tapes. And I don't so, want to be thinking old, dusty VHS tapes. Do you know what? I want to be thinking here and now and new. The cannonball run holds up. That is still one of my favorite movies ever. The sound of that Lamborghini in the very beginning, that is amazing. Brilliant yeah, yeah. soundtrack, cars are fun. I mean, the cameos in it, brilliant. The only I have a hard time just going back to the old movies like that. Now, Star Wars, even the original Star Wars: A New Hope, I'm not so attached to it that I have to go back and watch it all the time. In fact, I haven't seen that in years. Have not seen the original New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi in years because they're ones where I like things new. I like the newest thing. Even with music, I don't hold on to old music. I go on to the next and the yeah, new. And we so, all know this, Sean, because you get mad at me for listening to the songs that I like listening over to. Over and over and over again, yes, and watching the movies over and over and over again. <sighs>
You're terrible. Uh, You're a terrible person. I just like new. And if you've seen How I Met Your Mother, newer well, is hey, always better, which is I'm not, not new. Hold on. It's, I'm not new. It's not always the case because then the character that plays Ted says, all right, and he goes to the barkeep. Barkeep, what is your newest or your oldest scotch? And she's like, oh, I've got this amazing 25-year-old Glenn McClellan. Uh, McClellan, I think. Yeah, 25-year-old scotch. And and it's amazing. Well, what's your newest scotch? Oh, I have this grape Jim's. It's been aged for like three days. And and Barney Stinson holds to his belief that newer is always better. And so then fine. Ted buys him that that grape scotch. And so newer is not always better. That's that's the point. Though. I'm just I'm just kidding. But Sean, you just brought up a horrible point, And then you reinforce your point with how I met your mother. You are okay. now the world's most terrible person. Just because you because don't like that, that show. show is Horrible. Yes, you just don't it's like so Marshall bad. or. It's almost worse <laughs> than Seinfeld, which is not funny, apart from what's his name? Wow. The weird one that was in UHF who's really funny, but he's the only one in Kramer. it that was even slightly amusing. You're knocking one of the greatest American comedians of the past 40 years down. I mean, you cannot do that. No, no, he's not. He's absolutely not. You've got better. Mike Myers. And oh, I, I understand there are amazing comedians out there. No, no, I understand that. But he was, he's just iconic. You cannot put Jerry Seinfeld and say his show was, was horrible. That's his not okay. His show was terrible. It's not funny. To a Brit. No, okay? not to even a to a Brit. Exactly. It's not funny to a Brit. I, that's no. what I just said. <laughs> I have never seen you sit down and watch one episode of that. It was a little before my time. I, I saw, I did watch it when it was on TV. It's not one I go back to because I wasn't Boom. really. No, but how I mean, okay, moving on. Yeah, but I mean, Red Dwarf, that was before my time, technically, and I still watch it now. It still holds up now, and they're still making episodes. Why? Because it's a brilliant show. But we've just had this discussion. You like to go back to old shows and rewatch them. Well, that's not no, really my I'm thing. No, I'm saying that there's British shows because they're brilliant, they carried on. That's why Doctor Who still goes on now. With a 30-year gap in the middle, but yes. It uh, doesn't matter. I, I know. Understandable. Battlestar Galactica came back. That's American. Had a big gap, and it came back, and it was good, and you and liked I it. And I still say they need to make Buck Rogers back up. Yeah. I loved Buck Rogers in the 25th century. It was amazing. Now, what happened in the news in the last week? Did we have anything exciting that happened that really had you... Uh, scratching your head or geeking out from, from um, some of the cool stuff. So, a uh, little bit of a sad-ish thing, Why I guess. Why are we starting on a sad note? Well, it kind of is and not. Uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 2, which we're looking at for the end of this year, early next year for Season 2, which I'm super excited about because it was a brilliant season and a brilliant series. However... Aaron Harberts and Gretchen Berg have been replaced by Alex Kurtzman because of bullying and budgetary issues. Because of bullying on Apparently. the on the set or to other people outside Absolutely. of the show on the set. On the set. Wait, who who is Aaron and Gretchen? Um, they are actually the showrunners. Oh, wow. so they've been replaced. So these are the writers of the show. Mm-hmm. So what's happened is Alex Kurtzman is did the um, the premiere. Okay. He is now taking over from episode five. They're going to go on from episode five. There's going to be a break. And that's when Kurtzman's going to take over officially. And that's when the others are gone. It's just really, really weird. Um, well, Alex Kurtzman, he, he's done, I mean, tons and tons of stuff yeah. that you would know. He's Star Trek, Transformers, The Mummy, Sleepy Hollow, uh, on and on. He has a, a very massively extensive resume uh 
under his belt there. So that's really I don't think that's a step down necessarily, no, but but it could definitely change the direction but because I was really the enjoying the direction. Time this has happened though. So did they start with different writers? Yeah. Then? Interesting. It's I, I didn't changed realize again. Um, I mean, it is supposed to come out next early next year, but they might squeak it in at the end of this year if they can get the effects finished, because obviously it's a very CGI, very effects-driven show. Um, What's nice is it's on CBS in America and Netflix over here. So we're looking at about a 13-episode season. But hopefully there's no more meanness going on on the set, because it sounds like there was a lot going on. Yeah, it makes me kind of sad, though. And and I guess you see that whenever you have these high-powered people, high-profile people working together. You're going to get egos. You're going to get people that think it's, it's their way or the highway and that my way is the best way. And when someone else questions that, then, I, yeah, I mean, it's a hard-nosed industry. It's definitely yeah. a hard-nosed industry. But in anything, you've got to treat people with respect. You've got to treat people that, I mean, again, it's very cliche and saying to a child, like, you want to be treated, but how true is that in everything that we yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, going on to movies. Ooh. Yes. Uh, Incredibles 2. Had a record-shattering $180 million opening weekend. Can I put something out on top of that? Go on. Uh, Apparently, because of a viral tweet that went out, uh, Pixar had to release a seizure warning because of strobe lights that take place in the movie. That There's very prolonged sequences of rapidly flashing lights. So they had to then issue... I'm not sure if it was because seizures were happening or because someone that was potentially sensitive had... So, anyways, so so if you go watch it, just just be aware there is a strobe warning going into the film. But if they're going to have strobe lights, why on earth wouldn't you put that on there anyway? Because every movie you see or TV show says at the beginning, warning, the flashing For images. For some reason, blah, blah, blah. I don't think they thought that it was important beforehand, oh and now they did. But yeah, so so they had a massive opening though. Yeah, which, and it's being reviewed well. Yep. Unlike John Travolta's movie Goaty, I think it is. Did you see that one? No. It, well, have you heard of it? It's where no. he's like a mafia mob guy. I don't know a whole lot about it. Oh, Gotti. Gotti, sorry. Yes, the, the mob boss guy. Um, Who's Cody? I, I apologize. <laughs> uh, take a guess at what rating on Rotten Tomatoes it got. Don't look it up. Just take a guess. So Rotten Tomatoes, you, you have everything um, from really, really good. You know, when, when you're a fresh score, it's over 70%. You get to that mid, middle score underneath that, and then you get to the rotten score that's everything below, I think, about 60 or 50. Um, oh, probably something like four, isn't it? Zero. Currently, it has a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) It's getting smashed, which is like six percentage points lower than Geely. Remember that Ben Affleck and J-Lo movie that's been regarded as one of the worst ever? Yeah, yeah. It's rated 6% higher than than, than, than Travolta's movie. Terribleness. Terribleness happening. Yeah, so I don't know if you want to feel bad for Travolta. He's had a pretty good career, has lots of money. But in this case... Uh, yeah, just don't don't go see it. No. Okay. Incredibles no. though. Incredibles doing well. Reviewed Brilliant. well. Yes. Okay. Uh, one that I'm super excited about. This isn't particularly nerdy, I guess, but it's still something that I'm I loved as a kid. I loved watching cats, and the only reason I've included in this is the last two comic cons I've been to, I've seen people actually cosplaying as characters from Cats. Well, you just dress up like a cat in no, spandex. No, like really good, okay. kind of like. Okay like the stage thing. And I had a, I never got to see it on stage before it left, but my mum bought me the, I think it was the 25th anniversary D, uh, VHS. And so I'd watch and it was like the best of cast. And it was amazing. And I absolutely loved watching this because I loved the songs as a kid. 
Um, but it's going onto the big screen. Andrew Lloyd Webber, of course, you know, we've seen Les Mis, we've seen Phantom of the Opera. Now they're doing Cats and they're doing it on the big screen. It looks like it's going to be coming. They're kind of getting it to po- uh, pre-production. Now, will it be... Okay, you look at the two Les Mis movies that made it out there. I actually prefer the Liam Neeson one, which is more of a story-driven as opposed to a musical. Yeah. Is, is this going to be just like a, a Broadway musical, like the way they did Phantom of the Opera or the well, second Les Mis? Uh, Universal Pictures is back in the movie, and Tom Hooper... And he's the one who directed Les Mis, the big screen one that I didn't like very much, but also did The King's Speech, which I did like very much. Okay, um, He's the choice to direct at the moment. And Billy, Billy Elliot's Lee Hall has written the screenplay. And I mean, right. he's a brilliant storyteller. Yeah. We know that the movie was thing. But a new report is saying that Anne Hathaway is being given oh. a role. Now, I don't know. I know Anne Hathaway can sing. But I don't know if she's got a powerful enough voice to take on Cats because well, they are yeah. very – these are not, like, easy songs to sing. And as soon as you pull in Hugh Jackman, you know it's going to be a musical. Yes. <laughs> yes, Although of course. I, I, I'm not a musical guy, but I, I really did enjoy Greatest Showman. Why you, are we talking about Hugh Jackman? Well, because he's in all these musicals. He was in the first Les Mis. He was in Greatest Showman. He is a show master type guy. And whenever they've done musicals, his yeah, name always seems to come up in, in these movies. Now, I know Anne Hathaway sung in The Princess Diaries too, And she also was singing in Les Mis. But again, she's got an okay voice. It wasn't one that I'm particularly impressed with. I'm just hoping she gets some voice coaching so that she can really belt those notes out because... It's a whole different type of singing when you do a a play production, a stage production. But um, no reports at the moment of when it's coming out, if that's a confirmed thing for Anne Hathaway or anything else. But it's in the pipeline, let's put it that way. And I'm quite excited about it. Well, I have two bits of movie news if we're sticking with movies. And that's uh, the Lego movie, too. Everything is still seeming awesome in the (laughs) Mad Max-esque dystopian sequel. Um, which I'm excited about. But you know what? All the power to Lego for somehow getting us parents to pay to take our children to watch a 90-minute commercial for the toys that then they will want the very next day. Yeah, that's what my dad says all the time. It's, it really is, though. I mean, they're yeah. great, great movies, but we're, we're paying to go watch a commercial. I don't know. I didn't like the first one that much myself. No, I mean, they're, they're still fun. They're still, they're still ones where after I sit through it, I'm, I'm not disappointed I saw it, but it, it's not going to be my favorite thing. Yeah. It's kind of how it is. I think I preferred the Batman movie more so to the first Lego movie. I, I really like the Batman one. And then I think I like the Batman even more than the Ninja one. I yeah. think it's all three in the theaters. I haven't but. seen the Ninja one. I've seen bits of the Batman one. I have had to sit through the Lego movie a couple of times thanks to Heezy, but it's just not my thing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, again, it's more for kids. They haven't done as good of a job. Pixar and DreamWorks really make the movies uh, enjoyable to parents as well. Mm. The Lego movies are, aren't quite there yet. They're, they they do a good job. They still try to throw that stuff in, but but start to finish, it doesn't feel as as uh, drawn in as I do with a Pixar or a DreamWorks. Um, second bit of movie news: Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, the I title s- has been saw announced. About this, but Steve Pine's character is still in the movie. No, Chris Pine. I apologize. Chris Pine's character, who's Steve, uh, is alive in the sequel somehow. Now, if you remember, he was what? flying away with a plane full of bombs with poison, and he was taking it off so he could blow it up and, and save the world. Yeah. Uh, somehow his character is now back. Now, there aren't any plot points out there yet, uh, but Chris Pine 
is alive and kicking and looks pretty spry because this is now 1984 and he looks like he did in in back in the war. I'm not sure how this happens. If there's some dimensional thing, this could be his son, possibly. Maybe he 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 knocked up Diana before he flew away. I don't know. Um, I don't think that's what happened. But, but but maybe maybe there's he had a woman back home that was pregnant with a child, and this is his grandkid. I don't, there, there, again, there's nothing out there about it yet, other than we know maybe Chris Pine Zeus was like, "You're a good guy, and you're looking after my daughter, and I'm gonna make you, you know." Like Hercules, you know, the the golden... Like a demigod kind of thing. I mean, that, yeah. that's actually the, the only fan theory that's out there that sounds plausible right now is that... So this is Wonder Woman 2. Yes, but it's but it's, they're calling it Wonder Woman 1984. At least that's the title that's that's been circulating online recently. Okay. And I did actually have one more bit of uh, movie on. news, I apologize. Um, Affleck has now been finally rumored out as Batman. So we, we lost uh, the director, I think, is what happened. Um, yeah, so the director got axed as well. We bring in a new writer and director, and it's been confirmed now that, that for the there was a standalone Batman movie that was coming, and it is now not going to be Ben Affleck, and that will impact further Justice League because we will have a new Batman in the future Justice so League will movies. they are they going to be calling him Batman because obviously Bruce Wayne isn't the only Batman and are they going to take on the Dark Knight what are they okay, doing Okay yeah, you, you had Grayson that took up the mantle as well actually that that might be the way they go if they want to keep Affleck as the Batman and then have someone like the Grayson come in and take over the, the mantle of Batman Yeah it, it, or, or uh no cuz Grayson became Darkwing no Thinking Darkwing Duck. What did Grayson become? There was another. There was another Nightwing. character, Nightwing, that he became. Uh, and, and so it's possible they, they go that way. But I, th- I think you still have to have a Batman character in Justice League. I just don't know how they're going to do it. They don't need a Batman character because let's face it. He he nailed his own coffin by saying, "What's your superpower? I'm rich." Well, yeah, they tried to make it dun, funny. Dun, dun. Yeah, and they're also doing the Joker movie. That's going to be a standalone Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. I thought it was Jared Leto. No. Well, Jared Leto was the Joker in Suicide Squad, but now in another Joker movie, we have Joaquin Phoenix. It has a $55 million budget, which is kind of low for a superhero film. So I'm not sure how they're going to they're gonna do that. Although Deadpool was only $58 million. They did pretty good with I that one. I don't get that because Leto didn't do a bad job. I thought he was pretty good. He didn't do a bad job, but I think they're looking to potentially start a darker line of DC films. DC Dark, DC Black, something like that where they can do these R-rated the way the way that I think Marvel is doing that that New Mutants, if you saw what it's a horror yeah, based, yeah. which they they might try, and, and the same with Deadpool, which is definitely Do away know, from I the lighter side I of. Just, I I understand you know replacing actors sometimes, but they are just chopping and changing way too much. Well, imagine if we had you know Chris Evans out as Captain America at some point. I mean, it just it, it wouldn't work if you had Tony Stark out as as Iron Man. Would that ever fly? Like not at all. No. So I don't think I don't see how DC is is just going to swap a character out. That is one of your 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 tentpole characters for your franchise is Batman, Batman and Superman. I mean that's DC. You think of DC. Batman and Superman, and in the middle of this world, this shared world, you you can't. Yeah, to me, you can't swap this character out. And and if Affleck wasn't in it for the long haul, they shouldn't have brought him on. I mean, no. he, had, he had to be inked. All right, you got five movie contract. You've got a seven movie, whatever it is. I think Evans, when Evans took on Captain America, they signed him for five movies right away. This is your contract. You're in it for these five, and we're going to make sure that happens. And uh, to do that for DC, I, I think it, it hurts the franchise because I, yeah. I can't. 
I can't see how that goes forward. No, I just, I don't like these chopping and changing. You know what? Just go and call Michael Keaton back up and actually bring some dignity back to Batman. Okay, then if you brought Michael Keaton back, you would definitely then play the old retired Batman with your with your Nightwing or your yeah. you know ultimate Batman, whatever. Yeah, I think so. It could work. It, it could work. Okay, so E3 has now wrapped. It's had a week where they've been showcasing the top games from major AAA developers all the way to the indie developers, and there's been some amazing, amazing stuff coming out, and we have our list of winners for the top games of E3. Okay. And it is really dominated by three games. Now, I'm going to go through some of these categories, and you'll start to see a developing trend for which games are really the, the ultimate games here. Uh, let's start at the bottom of the list. And let's have a look at, uh, let's go best sports game of E3. So we had FIFA, Madden, and Mario Tennis. I bet it'll be FIFA. Mario Tennis wins that one. Oh, that's good. And here we get into some of the, uh, the, the, the big names here now. So the best fighting game of E3, we had Jump Force, Dead or Alive 6, and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Super Smash Brothers Super Ultimate. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate wins that one. Uh, next, we have best RPG of E3. We had Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Fallout 76, Let's Go Pikachu, and Cyberpunk 2077. Um, well, I'd be hoping it would be Assassin's Creed, but is it Pikachu? It is not Pikachu. It's actually Cyberpunk 2077. I didn't think that one looked that great. Yeah, well, they, they released a 45-minute gameplay demo, and it really got a lot into, into that one. Uh, and we'll talk about that one in a second as well. How about best action game of E3? We had Anthem. We had Ghost of Tsushima, sorry, Tsushima, Kingdom Hearts 4, Just Cause 4, and Spider-Man. Well, I would guess it would be Anthem, but I'd hope for Martin Sakit's Kingdom Hearts. Actually, Spider-Man. What? Spider-Man wins that one. Um, I I know. Uh, Best Nintendo Switch game of the E3. Fire Emblem Heroes, Octopath, Let's Go Pikachu, Mario, Tennis Ace, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate wins that one as well. Uh, best PC game. There was a lot here. I'll kind of narrow it down to Fallout 76, Cyberpunk, Anthem, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Gears 5, and Resident Evil 2. Oh, and Battlefield 5. Oh, I'll go with Tomb Raider because I like Tomb Raider. Cyberpunk 2077 again. Best Xbox One game. We had Cyberpunk 2077, Fallout 76, Anthem, Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, and Hitman 2 and Battlefield 5. Well, you said there was a theme, so I'm going to go with Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk 2077. Best PlayStation 4 game. We have Spider-Man, Cyberpunk 2077, Fallout 76, Anthem, and Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, For best Cyberpunk? PS4 game. Actually, Spider-Man again. Ugh. It, I know. And then the best game, best of show for E3, the top game. Cyberpunk? It was Cyberpunk 2077 over a slew of phenomenal-looking games. But really, going down the list, uh, w- w- there was a lot more categories than that. Best art, best soundtrack, best soundplay. Um, the four games that stood out, I think I said three, but the four games that stood out, Cyberpunk 2077, Spider-Man, Super Smash Bros. Uh, did I have one more? Cyberpunk, Spider-Man, Super Smash Bros.? Really, those Mario Tennis was the other one. Mario Tennis had had one, but really those those three games stole the show in most of these categories, mm-hmm. uh, as far as just gameplay and overall. Now, now Cyberpunk twenty seven was one I didn't know a whole lot about. It was actually first had the first teaser for it back in twenty twelve. 
So this game has been in development for six years. Typically, when a studio teases a product, you have about a year, right? Comes out, you have it at a show. A year later, you have the release. But it, but it's six years now. Cyberpunk 2077, it, it's kind of a narrative-driven open-world RPG that's set in a, a dystopian California in the year. Can, can you guess what year? 2077. 2077. Uh, you're, you're playing a mercenary who just gets their first serious context. Now, it's really the tone and scope of the world are what set this game apart. Uh, it's an open-world setting that it's truly brutal, but it's as brutal as it is stunning. And, and it's, it's just been really getting reviews. When, when you watch this 45-minute uh, demo, it, it's, it's a stunning, stunning world you're a part of. Now, I'm not sure what rating this game is going to receive because it has not been rated yet. But I'm sure that it will be at least a 15 with the sexual tone and violence that are prevalent throughout that 45-minute that demo. It's, it's going to have a pretty high rating uh, as far as age for kids. So this is one where when it hits the shelves, even though you will hear a lot about it uh, as parents, don't just reach for this one and buy it for your kids or order on Amazon because your kids are asking for it. It's one that you really need to check out first as that rating is still pending. But but again, just some, some it was an awesome time just seeing these games that are coming out with Kingdom Hearts 3, Spider-Man. If you, if you enjoy uh, web-slinging, being a superhero, it, it looks fantastic. Uh, truly looks amazing. I, I haven't played a Spider-Man game in years, but this is one after watching and I really want to play. Uh, Neo, Neo 2, I think, is the one that I saw. Devil May Cry 5, there's there's just so much coming. And again, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is and one that Kingdom I've been waiting. Kingdom Hearts 3. Well, yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3 is a given, and I thought I actually already said that one. Uh, because I, I played Kingdom Hearts the first one. I never was able to play the second one, but this is one I, I definitely want to jump on as well. Uh, a, a lot, we'll have links to a, a number of these things. Uh, some of the gameplays, some of the uh, the game demos, and the, the the release of the awards so that you can see for yourself. Just check our comment section if you want to mm-hmm. see some of what's happening here. Now, I did have a spotlight as well. Wh- what I like to do as well, as I, I do like to look back into the industry and see the people that are giving back, the people that are, that are making a difference with, with their stage, with their platform, and doing something with it. And, and, and today, I want to ask you, have you ever heard of the Wayne Foundation? Uh, from Batman? Yes, from Batman. Now, there actually is a charity that is called the Wayne Foundation, but in the real world, it's a charity that fights uh, sexual exploitation and trafficking of children uh, okay. and works all over the country doing, or all over the world doing so. Now, the president of the charity uh, is Jamie Walton, and she said this was Kevin Smith's idea. Do you know who Kevin Smith is? Yes, I do. He's Blunt Man. He is Blunt. (laughs) You would know him as Blunt Man. It's laughable. Yes, he is Blunt Man. He is a director. He's a comedian. The little figure. I know. And he. he, uh, You might have seen him in Comic Book Men. He has done tons and tons of stuff. I'm just excited because apparently she says that this was Kevin's idea. She just said yes, that she would love to run her own charity. And then he started it off with the seed money. He provided the money to start it, and he continues to raise money for this charity to, uh, to, to really just make a difference. And, and now say what you will about Kevin Smith. Now, I wouldn't let my kids watch any of his comedy at all because it's very, very vulgar. But he's putting his money out there to make a difference about something that he saw that was wrong and wanted to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And really, when you look at the the sexual tra- the trafficking of, of these kids in the sex industry as sexual slaves, 
they're, they're higher numbers than you would think, even in America, mm-hmm. even in, in England. These numbers are, are, are staggering at times when you look at how many kids are being taken and sold. A lot of these kids can be orphan kids or, or kids off the streets that are just lured into something and then taken away and sold into this industry that is a, a dark and seedy industry. Uh, and it really is it, – it's amazing. And to see Kevin Smith do this, I mean, he's a student of the human condition. He's an amazing writer, amazing director, fanboy extraordinaire, and now philanthropist who's been doing it for a while apparently it's just really exciting to see somebody like him that has this again he's a podcaster director actor that has his finger in so many different things that reaches so many different people doing something uh to make a difference in the world it's a shame he's not a genius because then he could be iron man yes (laughs) but he doesn't have billions of dollars either (laughs) No, I know, I know. This excites me because I do have some some fanboy love of Kevin Smith, even though I've never necessarily been a fan of his movies. Mm. I've seen some, I've enjoyed some, not all of them. Uh, but really hearing him speak, listening to his podcast, listening to him talk to people, that that's where I've really fallen in love with Kevin Smith because, again, just his whole grasp of us as humans and people in general, it's amazing when you listen to him speak. Mm-hmm. And again, now, just just seeing what he does for... For the world, it's really a very cool thing because not enough, not enough people that have that stage do good with it. Mm-hmm. And and I, I really want to look at you know somebody like this each week and go look this this is somebody that that we know here's their work here's what they do we should know them but also look what else they're doing because to me that's what really raises people uh, you know in my eyes and puts them at a higher level when you see their character and you see what they're doing with with their fame. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know you've got some hidden gems, and this is one hidden gems, that you— Hidden gems, hidden gems. <laughs> are we going to get a jingle for that? We need a jingle for hidden gems. Okay, if, if you are a jingle maker, you should make us a jingle for our hidden gems. Um, I, I don't know how it would go. Could it be like the Barbershop Quartet style hidden gems intro? I don't know. Okay, well, we'll leave that up to you. If you Hidden w- gems. Okay. Anyway, we're going to talk about hidden gems. We well, you are once a month. Once a month. Once a month. Is this we the talk once about in a month? This is once a month. So this is all they will get in June. Uh, well, this is the main one they'll get in June because so we're you're going to do a more. So you're movie, lying. Oh my goodness, you lied to me for this for this week. Okay. So um, I've picked three things. Well, we've we've kind of picked three things that we think are hidden gems, and if you haven't seen them, read them. Or heard of them, it might be worth your while to go out and read them. Now, I know this is working because I was talking to your brother the other day, who's not a big reader, and I was saying, hey, have you read this book? And he's like, yes, I heard it on the podcast, and I've listened to it, and I loved it. And I'm like, yes, this is working. So I am going to go to my book straight off. Okay. Now, um, it's actually one I've just recently picked up again. I read this a lot as a kid because I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, but it's called Dragon's Bane. That's right. the name of the first book. Um, it's by a author called Patricia C. Reed, and it's Reed spelt with a W, so it's W-R-E-D-E. Now, it sounds it is more of a, a young adult's young kind of younger teens book, but it is really fun. It's all about this princess, which I don't know how they pronounce it. I've always thought it's Cimmerine. You could say it's Cimmerini. I don't care how you pronounce it. For me, it's Cimmerine. She is bored of being a princess. She's got lots of sisters who are perfect, pretty princesses. So this is Jasmine from Aladdin. Yeah, she's, she's bored fed up of, of being, being a princess. A princess. Okay. And she basically goes to all of the different people who work in her castle and say, teach me something. So she tries to get fencing lessons from the arms 
um, the arms person. Her dad gets mad at her for that. And then she goes and learns some cooking. And then her dad gets mad at that. She goes and learns a bit of magic from the um, court sorcerer. He gets mad at her for that. Everything she tries to do, he just gets mad at her. And yeah, so but now she, she knows magic, know so she just wipes his mind. Well, she hadn't <laughs> learned that much. But she gets kind of bored because her dad keeps saying, no, you should be a proper princess and you need to marry a prince and tries to marry her off. And she doesn't like the guy that he's trying to marry her off to. So she takes some advice from a frog and goes to this little hut out in the middle of nowhere. Whereupon she finds there are some dragons there. Now, most fairy tales, we know about dragons taking on princesses and then the knights going and rescuing them, a.k.a. Shrek, blah, blah, blah. Difference is, is Cimmerine actually wants to go and be a dragon's princess because she thinks it's actually quite good fun to be a dragon's princess. Now, are these mean dragons? No, these are nice so dragons. nice dragons. Well, some of them are mean, but anyhow. She goes to be the princess so of a dragon called Kazool. Talking dragons? They are talking dragons. So... Knights keep coming and trying to, you know, release her from the evil dragons and she doesn't want any of it, which is really funny. And there are plenty of fun things happening with bad wizards and stone princes and silly princesses and all sorts. It is a fantastic little story. It's great for the younger audience. I still enjoy it. There are four books in the Enchanted Chronicles. So run down to your library and check it out today. Yeah, well, anyway. Okay. It's a brilliant book. It's just fun. Cool, cool. If it's really light, it's fun. You won't take long over it, but it is just a fun story. All right. And what do you got for your movie? Movie. I discussed this one with you because we've picked fanboys. Oh, Funnily enough, because Kevin Smith actually makes a little bit of a cameo in it. Yes, he does. He does. <laughs> so it's a comedy. It's um, all about four friends, four childhood friends um, who are in love with Star Wars. They're big Star Wars fans. One of them gets cancer. And so to and honor the wishes of their dying friend, they set off on a cross-country trip to... I'm sorry, what's filling in? To Skywalker Ranch. Oh, there you so go. So anyway, it's 1998. <laughs> they decide to go on this trip they planned as kids to break into Skywalker Ranch and go and steal a copy of Episode 1 so they can see it and hopefully see it before their friend passes away. And they run into some trouble along the way, as they do. They like making fun of Trekkies, as they do. And, and Seth Rogen is set up as a Trekkie in this, and then they, they do a good job of handing yeah. it to him. And so, basically, they get into fights with Trekkies. They um, get into it with William Shatner and get information from him. I well, mean, there's great cameos all the way through. Yeah, you, have, you have Carrie Fisher, Billy D. Williams making their, their presences known and felt. Uh, Ray, Par- Ray Parks. Uh, as well as Danny McBride is in it. Uh, but as far as the main characters, you have Dan Fogler, who was just in Fantastic Beasts. Uh, you'll know him as kind of the comedy sidekick American he guy. He was also in, that. in Balls of Fury, which he was. Most I, I enjoyed that one. I really I enjoyed it. that. Uh, Jay Baruchel, the voice of Hiccup. Uh, also in Sources Apprentice. Yes. Kirsten Bell, who's been in plenty of things. Spunky yes. Little Blonde, married to Dax Shepard. I like Kristen Bell. Yeah, she's cute. Oh, she's also the voice of Anna in Frozen. She is. For people that are, are younger that might recognize her. And she's in that show we just started watching um, on Netflix, the one where they go to heaven. 
Yes, uh, the good place. The good place. That's the good it. place. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't remember what it was called. No, that's a good one. You enjoy that one too. Um, yeah. So no, it's, it's it's a great movie. It's it's spoofy. It's comedy. It's funny. It's fun. Uh, and, and if you enjoy the Star Wars world and and those characters that are in the movie, you'll have a good time with it. Yeah, really good fun. fun. Um, last of all, going to a TV show. TV show. Now we've talked about this one before, but for all Star Wars fans. It's a must-watch. It's Star Wars Rebels. Now, I know it's a cartoon. I know it's on Disney XD, which I know people are thinking, eh, whatever. But it is an absolute must-watch for any real Star Wars fan. If you want to understand some of the big reveals in Solo, a Star Wars story, you have to have watched this. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to you. I was yeah. I was just talking to someone that said the timeline doesn't work because this character shouldn't be there, and that's not right. I'm like, no, no, no. Did you watch Star Wars Rebels? And they're like, well, no. I'm like, that's the problem. You would have understood Han Solo then. Because it takes place between the events of Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. And it's all about the rebellion in its infancy, just starting to get on. Um, It follows the story of this young kid called Ezra, who is a young orphan who eventually finds himself as part of this ragtag group um, who are building the rebellion as it were you've got Hera who is a Twi'lek pilot and she's the leader of the group yep. Sabine a Mandalorian hunter who's been shunned by a family Zeb who is an alien fighter with a love of big guns yes always gotta have one of those a la rocket raccoon yeah exactly uh Kanan Jarrus he is one of the last Jedi out there and then, he thinks at least and then Ezra shows possible Jedi promise he does he has an attunement to the and force and you cannot forget Chopper Oh, you gotta love it. It's, it's Chopper, a little R2D2 style. Attitude problemed droid that you can't not love because he's awesome and he's just a complete nutcase, really and truly. And if, if K2SO whiny. from Rogue One couldn't talk and all he could do was beep and flail, that, that would be the way Chopper yeah. would be. Just a very sarcastic little droid, but without saying a word, just beeping and, and hitting yeah, things. Absolutely. But it's just brilliant storytelling. The characters are well voiced. The action keeps going. You've got some brilliant cameo points coming up in there. Well, you've got Jason Isaacs does a voice in that. You've got uh, Freddie Prince Jr. does a voice in that, which most people don't care about probably. No, but it's still not. one of those those fun names to but throw out there. But you even get, um, oh, the... I don't know who you're going for here. Which the tree. Ca- which character? The tree. Oh, what's his name? Um, Tom Baker. There you go. The yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, you've got Forrest Whitaker as Saul Tyrera. Saul Guer- Guerrera. Guerrera, that's it. Oh, I think he um, also did the voice in actually the clone, Star Wars Clone Wars series as well, because that's where they introduced him, and then they carried him over into yeah, Star Wars I'm Rebels. I'm not a big fan of the Clone Wars, but we're talking about Rebels right here. Yes, we are. Yes. Again, it filled it filled in gaps, though. That's why I enjoyed it, because it not, filled in not gaps. Not as many as Rebels does. There are some brilliant... it's just brilliant show anyway it's enjoyable to watch you can watch it with your kids you can watch it on your own we certainly sit there and watch it without the kids because we've enjoyed watching it and there's just you know it's a really great series yeah but we're nerds so we can do stuff like that but it doesn't matter it's still a brilliant series (laughs) it is it's fun and again if you love star wars lore and just love the sci-fi-ness of it all it, it really does an awesome job of of giving you a great story to go along with that world yeah and you do see Darth Maul, and it kind of fills in the gap of where Darth Maul was and happened and all the rest of it. 
No, yeah, and with Darth Maul, that's what I, I that that is one of the things though that, that it filled in for me with Star Wars Clone Wars was that's where they brought him back, and then you see the continuation of his story and what he's been doing and what his end goal is because he actually he's actually working on something pretty nefarious and sinister here, and and you see that taking shape in Star Wars Rebels, yeah, and they really expand on that character in Star Wars Rebels, and you really do need to understand to watch the Last Jedi, you need to understand who and what the Bendu is. And Rebels explains it. Oh, the, the newest, the, the newest star. Sorry, yeah, my mind went yeah. to, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to understand that. And Hera's even mentioned because she's in the battle in Rogue One. She is, they say, they ask for the general and they... they Hera Sendula. Yeah, so they say, General Dula reports a blah, blah, Sendula. blah over, over, the, uh, over the loudspeaker. Yeah. And it was it was pretty. It's pretty fun how they've made those tie-ins, and they and I think the the ghost ship from Rebels was also in Rogue One, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So they they had a couple different places where if you pay attention, you'll see these Easter eggs. And you're right though, w- with the Last Jedi, there were tie-ins to the Bendu character. This Force, yeah. it's just a Force presence, is what it is. It's neither good nor evil. It's not Jedi. It's not Sith. It is just kind of a, a Force creature, neutral. Yeah, Force neutral, uh, but a creature of the Force. And, and it's interesting to see how they how they develop that. That type of character. Yeah. Which is fun. So that's my picks for this week. So we've got Dragon's Bane by Patricia C. Reed as a book. The movie is called Fanboys and the TV show is Star Wars Rebels. Great, great kind of uh, diamonds in the rough. They, well, not even in the rough. They're brilliant diamonds. Well, yeah, but you're picking them out of the rough of other things. They are the diamonds. I'm just pointing out things that people might not have even considered before and should consider, really. Now, I, I need to share my one last thing because okay. th- this has irked me. I, I am irked. Right now, I am sitting here and I am irked. Okay, you can be irked. You should be irked too. We all should be irked right now. Comcast has made a bid for Fox. Now, if you don't know what's going on, Disney has had, well, had just about all but wrapped up this deal with Fox to acquire all of the remaining Sans Spider-Man and his villains, but all of the remaining Marvel characters. We would have had everything under the Disney umbrella. Yeah. You would have had the Fantastic Four back. You would have had all of the X-Men back. The, the massive world of the X-Men would have been under the umbrella of Disney. You could have had the Avengers and the X-Men fighting side by side, which happens in so many of these comic book story arcs that we thought could happen. And then Comcast comes in. Now, they put in a bit of $65 billion for Fox, which also includes Hulu. They own a, a large chunk of Hulu, which is an online streaming service which I think Disney would also want to use for their streaming service. But regardless, it's an all-cash offer. Disney has only offered in $52.5 billion of stock options, so yeah, not but cash. stock options can be worth a heck of a lot more than just plain old cash because that's something that just keeps on giving. I, I know, but you could just take the cash and buy stock if that's really what you want. So I don't know how this is going to mess things up, and if this if this keeps... Disney from then having all of the characters under their umbrella. I'm going to be so, so upset. This will really irk me for a long time. So, because people of America, switch to DirecTV. Do not stay with Comcast. <laughs> They're evil. They're trying to prevent us from having the, the joint world of Marvel that we all want and hope and need. Because I need this. I, that's going to be phase phase five of Marvel is going to be where the X-Men and the Avengers are fighting together. And Comcast is trying to make that not happen. We should all boycott Comcast is what should happen right now. Boycott Comcast. Direct TV. 
direct. I mean, there's always ones, but that's the only one I can. Think I mean, of right Fox now. is being sneaky. They're even they're even coming in and saying, "Hey, look, because Fox or because uh, yeah, Fox and Disney already have agreements in place, and Comcast is is saying, "Hey, I know it'll cost you 1.5 billion to back out from Disney, but you know what? We'll pay that for you." So they're coming in and trying to break this up by saying, "Hey, we'll pay that termination fee. We'll pay this termination fee. We'll cover those billions, so you don't have to, and then we'll offer you more." And it's really upsetting me. I am angsty. Yeah. Let's just hope that Disney ups their offer because Disney's got the money to up their offer. They might not have to, though. Comcast faces uh, – there's some regulatory issues that could come into play because Comcast is already a provider of TV. Acquiring this much more could – it could be bad. You know you have the FCC that oversees yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of this, the, the trade commissions that don't want to have massive monopolies. So there could be issues, and Fox might say, you know what? We don't want that headache. We're just going to go with Disney anyways. But the vote is taking place on July 10th, just a couple weeks away. Where That's we, Kalea's where, birthday. Where we will know. I know for my birthday present for Kalea, I just want Fox and Disney to get along and uh, to, to make this work. That's all I want. I want Star that Wars is... to have the nice 20th oh. Century Fox. Da, 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 da. Which would be amazing. Now, hold it. Da, 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 da. That takes us back to the would you rather question from last week where I ask you, would you rather have everything under the Disney umbrella or or just everything else but them? So now if you added 21st Century Fox, all the movies of Universal pictures that fall under that which is a huge thousands and thousands more movies to that category could you say then yes i would watch everything under fox or no or under disney or no i just want everything else but you're still not letting me have my ealing comedies i sorry and the ealing comedies are amazing so but that takes you you would not have star wars so you could never watch star wars ever again and you would rather watch everything else but there are, uh, I mean, Star Wars is favorite, but I don't know if I could give up some of the other favorite movies. Hey, Jaws, watched. Jaws is under Universal. I and, know. And 21st Century. I understand. So you have your sharks, some of your sharks. Yeah, what happens to Sharknado? No, they're out the window. Huh? Out the window. Gosh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just, no. I think that's it. I, I, I'm not sure I have much else right now. Other okay. than maybe our our, uh, our goodbyes, would you like to say anything else? Any any words of wisdom to share with the internet? Uh, be unique. That's a very good word of wisdom. We do want to encourage that. Uh, Kevin Smith definitely has taken to that and being himself and then in sharing it and being a light. And that's what we want you to be. So that's why I say don't forget to be awesome because you are. And, and if you're not being awesome, it's just because you've forgotten to be so. Yeah. And I'm not saying be unique to be different because you need to be different. I'm saying be unique in terms of be yourself. Be you know what? You're okay. If you like something, like it. And I tell my daughter this, and I wish as a kid somebody had told me this because I had so much pressure from school because I should like these things and I should wear these things and everything else. And at home, I was never like that. But at school, you feel so much under pressure that you've got to look like everybody else and you've got to like the same things. At the end of the day, I didn't like the music they were listening to. Uh, I didn't like the movies And our daughter they were has stopped saying she can't like that anymore because people at school make fun of it. And we're like, no, no, no. If you like this and you love this, you, you, you showcase this. You broadcast this to the world and say, you know what? It's okay because this is what I like. Yeah. And, and we're trying to encourage her in that. And she really – she's kind of stepped back from a few things for a while. But then she's really started to, to grab a hold of them again and go with them and say, you know, it's okay to like My Little Pony. It's okay to like Marvel. I mean, especially Marvel. She got made fun of for liking Marvel. 
what what else is a kid her age supposed to like? I mean, that, that's that's it. And and to go and it's like, no, no, no. These other kids, they're just uncultured swine. Pay no attention to the piggies in the corner. You go and you be you. So guys, don't forget to be awesome. Be unique. You go and you be you. You love what you love. And don't let anybody crap on your stuff because they're they're just a bunch of piggies in the corner. That's all I got to say. And I think we Absolutely. are out of here. And be unique and bye. <laughs> Have a great night, guys. The Geek Underground will return next week. But until then, don't forget to be awesome.